short-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, hooligans. The government hug the government love. The government hug the government love. Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, Cleveland area attorney and defender of freedom, Jay Carson. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jay. So, uh, like I said on the regular show, there was a bunch that we did not get to on our uh, well, on that show, and I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. Starting with uh, Mitt Romney, who we will not have to kick around anymore, at least after uh, no. uh, 2020 January 2025, uh, because this week he announced that he will not be seeking election to a second term. Uh, and Romney, of course, was you know the Republican nominee for presidency in 2012, but since then, or at least starting with the age of Trump, he's really become a, a more and more marginalized figure within his party. You know, he was the only Republican to vote to convict Trump in the first impeachment trial and only one of seven Republican senators voting to convict Trump in the second impeachment trial. And in announcing his retirement, Romney, who's currently 76, said, at the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world we'll be living in. And then later, Romney told reporters, it would be a great thing if both President Biden and former President Trump would stand aside. Uh, so, Jay, uh, surprised by this? What do you think about this? I mean, uh, you were, I would say you are something of a Romney, Romney-ish Republican. So what do you think about all this? Romney-ish, I suppose, right? I, I, I would, he's not, he wouldn't be my favorite. And I, I think in many cases, um, uh, he, if, if you could have sort of Romney plus, right, a little bit the stronger Romney, um, uh, a little more sure of, of uh, uh, his convictions, um, I would prefer that. But I, 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 yeah, I'm, I am of the, more of the Romney uh, uh, approach, I guess, right? Uh, temperamentally, uh, a Romneyite, uh, as opposed to the the more uh, fire-breathing types. Um, no, I, I, I suppose it's it's not not surprising. Um, he's he's up there in age, uh, although really looks good for for seventy six, right? Um, uh, uh, so, and I, I think he's. Look, if 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 I'm Mitt Romney and I'm I'm seventy six, uh, my God, if I'm not Mitt Romney and I'm seventy six, Mike, I'm I'm not going to be wanting to do that sort of nonsense. Um, uh, so I understand it, and in doing so, he's able to make a statement um, uh, about uh, the two candidates for president that I think is a worthwhile statement to make. Uh, although I don't think it changes much, um, maybe maybe not, right? Uh, because they're there's been sort of the boomlet um, recently of, of uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden's age. Um, so, you know, so maybe maybe it uh, did something or sort of added to something that was already happening. Um, Utah would uh, would tend to be a safe seat for Republicans. So I don't see it as there's any real risk of, of you know, balance changing. Uh, it's another seat you have to defend, I suppose. but. Um, uh, there's probably someone who would, who would defend it even better than Romney would, right? Um, uh, it's it's impossible that he might have faced a primary in Utah. Uh, I, I, again, I would doubt it. But um, uh, so no, I I 
I get it. And, uh, uh, you know, happy retirement. So, you know, I, I, I disagree with Romney on a lot of policy issues, obviously, but what I, I feel like Romney represents is something I I'm deeply in favor of a, uh, a thoughtful adult person who actually has a certain degree, I would argue, of uh, humility, uh, that hubris is not his kind of, you know, uh, uh, hu- and that really comes through. I, the Atlantic recently published an uh, excerpt from his uh, forthcoming biography, which, by the way, the example of this, he said to his uh, biographer, uh, you know, I was thinking about publishing my memoirs, I've saved all this stuff, but I realized I couldn't be objective about my life. It's like, well, that's this is the kind of person I want, you know, Uh, but, but, you know, he talked about that issue you mentioned of, well, I would hope when I'm 76, I I can't imagine wanting to deal with this nonsense. And he said uh, in this this excerpt that, you know, the Senate's like this weird plush club for old men who are so desperate to hang on to power and they feel like without the Senate to give them their life's meaning, they would just wither up and die. So they're just so desperate to keep holding on to whatever relevance they have. And it just sounded so sad. And, and I'm, you know, but that's, these are the people we have. And another example, he mentioned, he was talking about the impeachment trials and he said, well, you know what I did before the first impeachment trial? I said, I swore an oath to be an impartial juror. And uh, so uh, before the trial, I read Federalist 65 a number of times, which is, as Jay, you'll probably know where Hamilton talks about uh, impeachment, right? And he said, I read about the, con- I looked over, poured over the constitutional scholarship on this. I was trying to figure out what exactly a high crime and misdemeanor meant. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all this, Mike Pence shows up at one of our caucus meetings to coordinate strategy between the the, the jurors and the Trump administration. <laughs> he says, I was just bonkers. Uh, and, and and I think, you know, he has a point. He, he, he raised a point saying, aren't we supposed to be impartial jurors? And everyone looked at him in the caucus like he had two heads. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good point to make, but it also indicates maybe a level of naivete that um, – <laughs> it's one of the reasons why a lot of Republicans would have issues uh, with him. Um, but but I think uh, it's larger I could, point. I could, I could I could be I could be pretty I think I could be pretty certain to say that the folks on the other uh, end of the aisle who were meeting um, did not do that same sort of study uh, of the Federalist Papers and the Constitutional Scholarship and sit around saying, "Yeah, I hope it can be an impartial um, um, uh, juror." Uh, I, I look. It would be. Would it be a better world if if everyone was Mitt Romney in that case? Um, uh, absolutely. Um, does uh, you know? So. Well, but I, I, I mean, I see your point. I think. But- I think. I mean, here, here's the thing. This is this is sort of criticism, right? Is is yes, uh, you want someone who's ideal idealistic, um, but you also want someone who can who can see reality. And and look at for what it is now. I and I would have disagreed with them um, on the first Trump vote, uh, very much so. On the second, as I've said, my my position would have been I would have convicted, but I would have convicted on on something else um, that probably that wasn't actually really offered. Right? Uh, more of a, a dereliction of duty theory as opposed to insurrection. So, but that's neither here nor there. Because I, I, but I think the problem is is, is in that argument of well, they're they're all 
completely craven uh, partisans who have are willing to rip up the Constitution to gain their political ends. So we'll be the same thing. I mean, that's the sort of nihilistic uh, <laughs> race to the bottom that ends in ends in tragedy. No, uh, it, it could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also but there's also sort of the the idea of uh lateral disarmament um isn't necessarily a good a good plan either. Um I would urge Republicans to do that, actually. <laughs> It'd be a fine plan. You know? <laughs> well maybe yeah. Well see that you proved my point, right? <laughs> if we had a, a caucus of Mitt Romney's, we would just sort of walk you know. Let let you roll over them. Um, uh, so, but I don't think so because I mean, Rip, Mitt Romney was still pretty clearly a conservative, pretty clearly a Republican, and 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 you can be, you can be a a, a moderate, a, a, a negotiating kind of willing to cut a deal sort yeah. of person, right? I mean, and you take a look. So put put those elements we talked about aside. There are very few people like Mitt Romney in terms of ideology. In the Senate, I, I told, took a look at uh, analysis of voting records, and basically, you know, there are essentially, including Romney, four, I would say, moderate Republican senators. There are maybe like eight or nine moderate Democrat senators, right? But that that's a that's a very big difference from what we used to see, and it's why it makes it so much more difficult to kind of find any sort of consensus or middle ground. And I think with the, I think Romney will almost certainly be replaced by someone who's not nearly as willing to work with other people to try to achieve no, some I, sort I think of... That's exa- absolutely right, yeah. And so I think you, you and I would agree that Romney's, uh, Romney's retirement is a loss to the Senate and a loss to the country. I, I think so. Um, although, I don't know, sometimes I'm... I'm you know, again, I mentioned in, in our in our break off off air, sort of how I'm, I'm whatever in in a weird sort of philosophical mood uh, today, sort of picking these like bigger picture type things. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, is is this just maybe a case of uh, the older generation passing away uh, and the new generation coming in, and they're going to do things differently, and it might be better. Um, but it's it is just. A, a shift of, of seasons, right? Um, How so? I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to. You mean? Uh, so, so thinking back, so we had we did this exercise back in uh, my high school honors government class. Um, I had a, a really a really great teacher, uh, Mr. Fox. Uh, I doubt he's listening, but if he is, well, hello. Um, we. Did is we took the, did this survey and then sort of matched up our responses. It was like a role play sort of thing with a specific uh, senator uh, who who was closest to our ideology based on this survey. And I don't think it was particularly scientific or anything, but I the the, the senator most closely matched my ideology. Um, uh, <laughs> like I, I maybe I could let you guess, although I suppose it's it's uh, uh, tough to. To think back of senators in the 1980s um i'll let you take a guess if you want to but well i don't, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't have like you said i wouldn't have a uh hmm yeah I, yeah it's tough to yeah think back who's sam so, nunn or the, someone uh, like that i don't know but oh uh, uh, well not no uh god he was democrat um no the the senator that at that time based on my survey uh based on um uh, most matched the the political ideology of uh 17 year old jay um was alan simpson 
Wow. Okay. Um, of Wyoming, and looking looking back and looking forward now, I I would say it still is. <laughs> I still sort of in that sort of Alan Simpson type. Uh, you know, he was a he was a big fiscal Republican. He was a, a deficit hawk. Um, uh, throughout, he was he was strong on defense. He was uh, uh sort of uh libertarian uh bent uh on regulation um uh i think he was he was certainly coming from wyoming a uh a second amendment supporter um but no one would characterize him as a, a gun nut you know what i mean um so anyway I, I just sort of think about wow how how weirdly accurate that sort of was now maybe you could say um you know a bob dole would have been probably just as close or um you said Sam Nunn, but yeah, even a Sam Nunn, right? And maybe it is just a generational thing that those are the Republicans who used to inhabit the Senate, um, but uh, but have passed on uh, for good or bad. I would say probably mostly for bad, but that could also just be my age talking. Um, and and this is just sort of you know to to be expected is you know so my my question is is. Is Romney's retirement uh, something a fundamental shift in, in political ideology, the way that the, the Senate works, or is this just part of a changing of a guard that's been going on and will continue to go on? Um, and again, might not be a good thing, um, but but it's it's just sort of the the course of events. Well, I would argue that. There are two things to consider here, at least. One is the change in uh, maybe policy viewpoints, the fiscal conservative sort of thing, like and 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 uh, maybe defense views and other things like that. But there's also, I believe, a difference in just approach and mindset. I think, yeah, I think there was a time when there were people who would say, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not the smartest guy in the room necessarily all the time. And I think it's critical to any organization to have a certain number of those people in positions of authority. Because when you get too many people who are just entirely sure of themselves, then you run off the rails. You need those people who are raising questions of their own side to keep you in some sort of balance to keep you from going off the rail. And, and I think on both sides, but, but particularly I would argue in the GOP because of certain I- incentives in the electorate, perhaps that you're getting less and less of that to the detriment of the country. So I think that's a, that's a fundamental difference, not just the difference in yeah. issue positions and so forth. Yeah. And that, that's, well, that's sort of my question, I guess, is it, is it just a generational change or is it a political shift or it, it certainly could be both? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, but, uh, yeah, maybe both. But and anyway, I, I would recommend to folks if if you haven't seen that excerpt in the Atlantic, I thought it was a fascinating reading. He talked about all kinds of interesting stuff. He felt like the kind of like like the Senate's like high school, and he felt like sort of the the kid no one wanted to talk to, you know, that sort of thing. And yeah, and, uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to the book when it comes out. But uh, oh, I should mention he also said that he talks to Joe Manchin all the time, and he says I lobby continuously that he shouldn't run because it would only elect Trump. Obviously, Mitt Romney does not want Donald Trump to serve uh, another term as president. There, no no surprise. And I think we can all agree that that would be a good thing for the country as well. But uh, all right. Any other thoughts on Mitt Romney before we move on? 
Eh, not, not really. Okay. Anyway, so moving on to something very different. Uh, the day after the FDA approved the latest COVID boosters from uh, Pfizer and Moderna, the CDC recommended that everyone over the age of six get this latest vaccine. And now new variants, of course, have emerged since the latest vaccines are formulated. The updated shots are supposedly closely matched to enough, at least, to give strong protection, according to people who are supposed to know these things. And in the press release announcing the recommendation, the CDC said that in addition to the vaccine being safe, it provides the best protection against both COVID and reduces the risk of long COVID, which is a potentially debilitating condition that can last for months to years. And uh, the Department of Health and Human Services says that somewhere between 7.7 and 23 million Americans have developed long COVID at some point since the beginning of the pandemic. And that is a serious thing, uh, believe me. But while federal authorities have recommended getting the booster, the top of health official in Florida, the third most populous state in the country, is advising those under 65 to not get the new boosters. Florida State Surgeon General Joseph Lopato stated, with virtually every walking human being having some degree of immunity and the questions we have about safety and about effectiveness, especially about safety, my judgment is that it's not a good decision for young people and for people who are not at high risk at this point in the pandemic. This is a position that CDC Director Mandy Cohen called dangerous. Now, Lopato was appointed by Governor DeSantis in 2021. He's become one of the most prominent COVID vaccine critics, at least when it comes to near universal vaccination and boosting. And all this, of course, comes as DeSantis's campaign has attempted to use this COVID vaccine issue to gain some traction in his campaign to gain ground on Trump for the nomination, arguing that Trump should have fired Dr. Fauci, who, of course, many on the vaccine skeptical right have held up as practically the face of, I don't know, evil, big government mandacity and authoritarianism yes. or something. Like that. so, <laughs> that's, uh, that's him. <laughs> there you go. And at this point, just FYI, Florida is currently fifth in per capita COVID hospital admissions, trailing Delaware, Missouri, North Carolina, and Washington, D.C. And Florida also has the 12th lowest booster rate of all of the U.S. states. So, Jay, uh, I, mean, I, would, I would also admit you, would, you should also probably adjust for Florida age, aging population. Absolutely. A lot of old people in Florida, yeah. no question. That would be important to, to, to make those adjustments. But what's your take first on, I, I don't know there's a whole lot to say about the, the FDA approval and the CDC recommendation, but let's start with that. Any thoughts on that before we get into Florida? Um, no, not, not particularly. Um, you know, I guess it's, it's not surprising um, that they would, they would do this. They would make this recommendation. Uh, um, I think the the FDA approval was was not unanimous. I think there was a dissenter. Um, like Twelve, thirteen to uh, one, or something. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said yeah. Thir thirteen out of fourteen scientists might recommend, uh, but uh, whatever. Regardless, um, I I think this is ought to be people's personal choice, and they should uh, consult with, with their own doctor and, uh, you know, read the literature and make a decision for themselves. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not one of these people who, who would say that the federal government, um, uh, is, is always right when they, they make these recommendations just because they're the federal government, nor would I say that they're always wrong. 
Um, and if you're looking at, you know, taking recommendations uh, from, you know, versus the federal government, just, just, you know, some guy on the Internet. Well, uh, I would probably say I'd, I'd stick with what the government says. Um, but that said, I, I think there's enough enough question uh, as, as to, you know, people ought to make up their own their own on this. We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo or at politicsguys or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at mike at politicsguys.com, and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.